This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me the hell, yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spurser. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romoran, and Emil A.S.H. on another live stream. We're breaking down Elimination Chamber, the fallout from that. Uh, we got, we're also going to take a quick side trip to Japan. Ang dami rin ganap sa mga Japanese promotions na sinusubaybayan natin. And of course, the rest of the week in wrestling. It's about to be a lot of fun. But before we get down to business, sa mga di pa nakakaalam, sana alam nyo. At sana rin alam ng mga HR nyo. Na special non-working day na bukas Dahil kailangan nating i-commemorate Ang EDSA People Power Revolution Even in the <laughs> darkest timeline Pati si Bongbo mag-commemorate I mean, siya'y pumirma no executive order Yeah, he, so... he's gonna celebrate the day They got kicked out of Palakanya <laughs> Yeah Shabu okay, pa more pa more Unity <laughs> So, sana alam ng mga HR nyo para may extra 30% kayo for working tomorrow. Yun lang naman, di ba? Para syempre, ano, kumikita yung mga kabuhayan natin. So, <laughs> uh, let your HR uh, representatives know in case they missed the piece of news that dropped literally minutes ago. Alright? Uh, speaking of kumikitang kabuhayan, kumikita naman ang konti yung Patreon namin. And syempre, we do that as our way of keeping alive yung mga ginagawa natin sa Wrestling Wrestling Podcast for our patrons, our uh, loyal subscribers. So, Emil A.S.H., why don't you let the good people know about the benefits they can get from being a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron? Alright, so, madaming benefits ang pagiging a patron of our Patreon program. And one of it is our watch party. And in a couple of weeks, AEW will have uh, their first pay-per-view of 2023, which is revolution so we're gonna have a watch party so you could hang out with us banter some just chilling with us uh, i think that's gonna be on a monday morning march 6th so you could join our watch party by joining our patreon at patreon.com slash the wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as five dollars or in the uh local currencies around 260 or 270 pesos and but that's the perks subscribe to patreon we do have our discord community where we talk about everything and anything under the sun. Of course, we talk about wrestling, but we also talk about gaming, fashion, food, memes, 
So anything uh, that you want to talk about with us, you could hang out with us in our Discord server. And another perk of subscribing to our Patreon is our Pasabais. And we're going to have a next one during WrestleMania season because madaming sale and all that. And also you can get the some exclusive review content from the weekly wrestling shows like Raw, SmackDown, and local wrestling events as well. By subscribing to our Patreon, you are supporting everything that we do here on the podcast. So everything, all in all, you can do that by uh, joining in in our Patreon by uh, subscribing at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as $5. So oh, what ano, ano, grade ni Emil ngayon? Emil. Tell them what happened last Sunday. <laughs> oh, no. The what do we what do we do last Sunday morning? Elimination Chamber. Oh. Yeah, I forgot to slip that in. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we will be we will be doing Revolution in a couple of weeks. This one is legit watch party now. Because, they're not going to buy the pay per view on Fight TV. So you could watch it yourself. Uh, I don't know if TV here has it, but siempre we will be making our patrons' lives easier by putting that up on our Discord stream. You know Alright, so there. All the things you can get by being a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron. Let's get right into it. Since we've been in a row and Emil yung Elimination Chamber, dun tayo magsisimula. And we're gonna talk about that ending with Sami Zayn losing against Roman Reigns. And the biggest question coming out of that na pinagdedebatehan pa rin ng fans all over the internet is... Did anybody drop the ball here? Was this a missed opportunity to let Sami Zayn get the win in Montreal? Let's start with you, Emil. What were your feelings when you saw Sami take the pin? Um, at that moment, though, I felt devastated because days leading up to the chamber, like even sa live stream natin last week, I was still saying that Roman's gonna win. All the signs are pointing to a Roman win. But what happened from after we recorded that until before the match? I was pulling for a Sami Zayn win. I think most of us did. But we all know what's going to happen anyways. But I didn't feel the devastation when Sami was pinned. And it's not the fact that he was pinned or he lost, but it's the way, I think, that he lost that match. I felt underwhelmed on how that match ended. I think that is how I'm going to put it. All right. Ikaw, did you think this was a missed opportunity? Or okay lang, kasi the road to WrestleMania has been pretty clear and is now much clearer. Yeah, I thought it was. I wasn't going to begrudge the way they did it kasi, siyempre, they're still Cody. But for me, I still wanted this to happen. This is what I wanted to happen. I think they could still have their Cody cake and eat it. I don't think the WrestleMania feud between Cody and Roman was absolutely set in stone. Like, yes, they did fire some shots a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't think that there wasn't a sense that that was going to be the final thing. Because they were doing a lot of things. They did Cody versus Roman, Cody versus Heyman. They did Cody and Sammy together. So how I always thought of it was they were covering their bases to figure out where they wanted to go. And I think they did that enough to justify having Sammy win. Like, I think the crowd was super ready for a Sammy win. I think that they riled up the fans enough by having Roman be a legit heel that we were ready to do the thing, you know? I think at this point, there were a lot of other justifiable possibilities for Roman Reigns. Is it the same thing as a heartbreak that Vince McMahon would do? 
I don't think so. I say I still think that the end game was always Roman losing the championships at WrestleMania. But uh, like I said before, when it came to Kunyara uh, New Japan's uh, Gedo's uh, long-term booking, sometimes you just got to be able to adjust. And I think that this was the time they should have adjusted because of their own doing, because of how well they told their own stories, because of how great Sammy and Roman and Heyman and whoever and the Usos were acting. So, well, a missed opportunity, yeah. But I don't think it's like the biggest heartbreak in WWE right now. Since we're talking about heartbreaks, let me ask you this, Ro. Which was the bigger heartbreak? Uh, the missed opportunity for Sammy to win in Montreal or yung ending ng How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> 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 I mean, like they, they, they did, uh, they did a, a fixed quote-unquote ending of the show. So at least there was that, even though it wasn't the canon canon ending. Eto, <laughs> Martin says it's the latter, but you know, it was the biggest miss I think in Montreal. Like you broke an entire city's heart there, and I. They didn't think they deserved it, you know. I think it would have been a great opportunity to show that the Triple H regime actually cares about the fans. It does. They do care about the fans, but this would have been the best win, you know. We liked to rave about Tony Khan in the, I guess, first half at this point of AEW's history for bringing the fans the results that they wanted, like uh, the CM Punk stuff, the Hangman stuff, the Kenny Omega stuff. And the reason why that worked out was because, well, it just showed that he was listening. Like, he was listening to the pulse of the people. And yes, when it comes to Cody being the one anointed to take the championships, but there was also a loud clamor for this. And I thought that it sucked that they didn't listen to this clamor. Speaking of the voice of the people, Ro, you did an informal poll on yeah. our TikTok. Uh, it's like if you guys follow us on TikTok, I posted the clip of the final minutes of the Roman versus Sammy match. Uh, I wasn't, you know, making it to be a thing or anything. I just wanted to get more interactions. But I, I ran a poll that I, I asked that, was this the right decision? Was Sammy losing the right decision? And surprisingly, uh, 60% of the respondents said, yes, it was the right decision. That's around 400 plus people voting yes. And compared to around 200-something people voting no. So it goes to show that even though you and I in Montreal and you guys wanted Sammy to win, there is actually, I guess, a significant amount of people. I'm assuming the reason they voted yes was because they wanted Cody to win. Mm-hmm. Iko Emil, what do you think about our TikTok poll, for example? You know, that small sample size of wrestling fans, mostly in the Philippines, and their feelings towards uh, this being apparently the right result. I mean, to be fair, naman, no? on on this podcast last week, we were predicting mostly uh, Roman win. So I think may hatak yung 60% of the fans who thought that Roman retaining was the right decision because like Bro said here, the end game really of all of this is Roman losing at WrestleMania. I mean, they could have uh, pulled an audible and have him lose in Montreal, but at the end of the day, that was always the plan. Roman losing at WrestleMania. Hindi lang tayo sigurado on who he's going to drop the title at Mania, but now I think we're more sure than uh, last week. So I'm okay with the 60% of the fans thinking uh, it was the right call. So let's uh, talk about calling an audible. Sabi nga ni Ro kanina, 
at some point, because the story was so good, they could have changed course and had Sammy go to he- head-to-head with Cody at WrestleMania. Or at some point in the road to WrestleMania, Sammy loses the championships back to Roman Reigns again. Emil, would you have liked something like that? No. Um, like, Sammy winning only to drop the titles back to Roman would have ruined his momentum. Like, I was glad that if I'm glad it never happened. Because, it, you know, like, yes, you gave him the moment, but if you do that, he's not going to look good afterward. And the goal here is to put over Sami Zayn as one of the most popular wrestlers uh, in the promotion. So with that goal, I'm okay with it not happening. Igaro, my counter kabadon. Uh, before that, I just wanted to shout out the Moonlock podcast in the YouTube comments. What's up, Ramon? by one Mon Agbisit, the man who stood up to the PBA and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, No, I, um, I don't have any counterparts to it. I mean, I don't have any counterpoints, Mashado, but I will say that a good writer, I guess, is able to plot out a long-term story. But I think a better writer is able to adjust where needed and still pull out a good story despite the change in plans. So I guess that's what the thing really is. Parang they could have had an opportunity to show that they could pull off something good writing-wise. But the fact that they defaulted to their original plan shows that, okay, may ka pa pala. So, wala, sayang lang. Uh, again, it's one of those things that na, break talaga ng heart. But I think you know we're also making it a bigger thing than it actually is because it's Montreal, and mm-hmm. it's not to discount the hometown crowd. Pero it's a big factor as well. But I think they deserve their big moment too. Mm-hmm. Last question before we go to break from Aaron: Do we now see a Sami Zayn title run in the future, Emil? Mm, yes, definitely. He's now so over that. It would be dumb for the WWE to not acknowledge that and give him a title reign. Yeah, he deserves a title win, but I don't think he deserves a long title reign. That's how I'm going to put it because he's much better as the underdog. He's much better chasing the title rather than, you know, being the title holder. So that's where I'm going to put it. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. It doesn't need to be a long reign. Usually these things, especially when you're a baby face, it's always about the moment of winning. That's usually a lot bigger than the championship reign itself. You know, uh, I wanted to add Sir Gian's uh, comment in the chat. The end of the championship, the Roman Reigns should have been on the grandest stage of the ball. I, I don't think so. I thought the atmosphere at the Bell Center last Sunday was enough of a big stage. Uh, I think that was at least equivalent to a big perceived mania environment. Because there were so many things surrounding that and making it a big fight feel, a real moment, you know? Yeah, just the fact that Roman entered first, which they explained on commentary was him still playing mind games with Sammy, right? But just, you know, Sammy getting that moment to enter last and then to just soak in the adoration of the crowd. And um, production-wise, you have to notice that the commentators also step back. at all during Sammy Zayn's entrance. That moment really spoke for itself. So I, I agree with Ro there. Nah, the Bell Center atmosphere was basically your big fight WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Uh, Glendale, thoughts on the Kevin Owens thing? We'll talk about that in a bit when we talk about their segment on Raw. So yeah. stay tuned. Yeah, we'll lang. get to him in a bit. Mm. We're going to take our first break And when we come back We'll recap the rest of Elimination Chamber But before we get to that We'll hear from our other podcasts On Podcast Network Asia 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, time for us to recap the rest of Elimination Chamber. We're going to start with the Women's Chamber uh, since it did kick off the show. Let's uh, bring up Asuka here since she punched her ticket to WrestleMania, and she's the number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we all predicted on the podcast that uh, it, it was probably going to be like this, but that Asuka was going to win the chamber. So did anything from that match stand out to you? Honestly, I didn't surprised with how the match went. Like We all predicted that the narrative of this match is going to be Asuka wreaking havoc to everyone. Making short work out of uh, the competitors in the chamber. And that's what we got. The women's chamber was much shorter. It didn't have like the huge spots that we had in the men's rumble, but it served its purpose of putting over Asuka and making her look like a really credible uh, challenger for Bianca at WrestleMania. Igaru. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised as well. She was the best part of that match, I think. The pool was also kind of a little shallower, better. They did their best, man. They worked hard to create a good match, but. I said on the Picks of the Week episode earlier this week, if you haven't turned into that, go listen to that. I said the way the two chamber matches were carried out, you can tell which match had the more effort put in and the more attention given to. So I'm fine with Asuka versus Bianca. I think this was the best choice for WrestleMania as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that since I wasn't on the Pick of the Week episode. My feelings in expound on... The women's chamber probably not being given as much attention as much as the men's chamber, based on what you said. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did, actually. Because Rowan's pick was the men's chamber. And I said yeah. that the men's chamber was a lot better because they had more time, because uh, the men had more experience. And because they had more experience, they were given more time. That's what I, that's what I was referring to when I said they got more attention. So... The women's chamber was just, you know, um, everyone was out. That was quick eliminations to do the and um, that was it. You know, it wasn't bad by any means, but it was just there. It, it yeah, like I said during the show on the watch party chat, it was one of the elimination chambers of hi- in history. Mm-hmm. Was anyone a made woman coming out of the chamber? Because but normally these multi-person matches, even if someone doesn't necessarily win, they come out even better despite the defeat. So Emil, did anyone from the field not named Asuka look better to you coming out of the chamber? I think Liv. Um. Like even though we are at the point where I think Liv is already one of the top wrestlers uh, in the division, so I'm impressed throughout the match. Like she she did that spot where she came off the top of the chamber pod and did a sunset flip powerbomb on Raquel, which was really impressive. And stick out the way she got eliminated. 
uh, it took uh, two people to take her out. That's a big sign that they're big on Liv Morgan despite her not winning the match. Mm-hmm. Ikaro. Yeah. I don't I agree. I agree. Liv did end up doing the most other than Asuka. So I think she's really good. I think she's seizing every opportunity being the horniest member of the women's division. Because um, she's kissing everyone, right? So yeah. But she's also the most improved, continuing to be the most improved. So I don't know if it's like she's stealing all those spots for herself. Because sometimes people will just, you know, uh, I'll do this spot and I'll do this spot and I'll do this spot. That was the others don't get to do as much. I don't know if she's doing that, but she is making the most of it. So good for her. Um, I think her time again in the sun will be coming later this year. Yeah, uh, something about this extreme gimmick for Liv Morgan is working. It's clicking naman. So can't wait to see where that momentum takes her. Um, actually, she reminds me of like Prime Lita, if that makes sense. Like she's going to do all these spots and you know, that's how she's going to get over with the crowd. And yun, yun lang, observation ko is uh, she's like the modern day Lita. Okay. All right. I, 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 that's cool. All right, let's go to the men's chamber. Austin Theory, still your United States champion. Was this the right move for you guys, uh, Emil? Yeah. Um, again, this is one of those things uh, we predicted that would happen before the match. But before and after the match, I always thought, yeah, Austin Theory retaining was a good move. But while watching that match, I uh, can't help myself but to root for Montez Ford because he had a spectacular showing. Again, we talked about this since uh, Pick of the Week episode and he really won himself over with the crowd. Like the people were rooting for Montez to win but um, sadly he didn't know. But you know uh, Austin retaining still it's not bad. Like the, uh, it's a good move and uh, I'm glad uh, that he had also a good showing in the match. Igaro, you were calling for Montez Ford to be the dark horse pick but strangely parang walang nangyari with him on Raw uh, just two nights later. Yeah, na, na, na benta kasi sa akin ng, ng mass man show na Montez would win and that would kickstart a feud between him and Docs. But I didn't really want a Docs turn anyway. It's just so good. I mean, like like I said before, um, it shouldn't necessarily translate to a team breaking up because we've done that so many times. Um, but yeah, uh, okay lang naman. I think this was a coming out. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a coming out party for Montez because if you've been following him Closely, if you watch Raw every week, you would see that every time they put him on in a singles match, he would just do his thing and be really good. The same goes for Docs as well. So they're both really, really good. And I don't want to say it was a coming out party because for me, I already knew he could carry a singles run. I was always saying uh Tez was going to be the single star between the two of them. And then Docs went out and wrestles like rent was due. So <laughs> there's that. Um, it's just Tez, I guess, proving what some of us already knew. I don't think the higher ups needed to be reminded anyway. I think it's really mostly for the fans. And... I also think his time in the sun is coming as well. All right. And uh, guys, no, um, we have seen this before that they would put him in a match and he would shine and people would rave about his performance. And then the next week, he's back with the sweet puppets and you know they're doing their thing. And then once in a while, they would put him again in a spotlight. So for me, I am waiting for that moment where they would finally put him in a serious program, like long-term program where like he's eventually going to be a star because right now he's like the highlight reel to borrow a nickname from the great Dominic Wilkins. He's the highlight human highlight film of WWE right now. 
So they need to capitalize on him. And I wish it could happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, para siyang, uh Kofi Kingston 2.0, which yes, I, exactly. I hope for Montez Ford's sake, it doesn't take him 11 years to get uh, to a proper singles run like Kofi did. Um, I don't think so. People in the comments have been referencing Logan Paul. We might as well bring him up right now. It's unofficially official at this point. Why else would Logan Paul enter the chamber and then hit Seth with a curb stomp before the match would even end? So... Any feelings on this one now that we know that Seth's path to WrestleMania is clearer than it was last year, Emil? I'm just glad that Logan is the heel going in and not mm-hmm. Seth. Because mm-hmm. it would not make sense if it's the other way around. Because si Logan yung nagagago kay Rollins. Eh. So he should be the heel. And I think I am glad that he's accepted the heel role in this match. And I think they would do just fine uh, at Mania. Mm-hmm. Igaro, what do you think uh, was said to Logan Paul for him to internalize now? Yeah, I should be the heel here. Well, he has a lawsuit for one. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Um, I think he saw that. And at this point, I don't think anyone should be that dumb. You know, he already knew that people were complaining of getting scammed by his crypto thing. Right? So at that point, and Shepard, he has to bow down to Triple H uh, wherever he wants to go creatively. So I think the credit should go to Triple H there. I think um, it was Vince Neman who initially instated Logan Paul as a babyface. So there's that. For this though, I actually finally clicked the character of Seth Rollins. <laughs> I finally understand what he's supposed to be. He is just this happy-go-lucky guy. Nah, there is an on-and-off switch for his serious wrestling thing and his serious emotions. Nah, you can trigger him and then his carefree, big red boot-wearing self is replaced by the serious Seth Rollins. So that's pretty cool. I think it's the best he's ever been as a character compared to all the years of being uh, the authority guy, the Kingslayer, and all of that stuff. I think this is Seth's coming out as well. I think this is finally him discovering the thing that makes him really him. I think Logan Paul is also the best foil to this because we get to see how much Seth takes the business seriously. And that's one of those things that makes him actually a pretty good baby face. You know, uh, you might not get it right away because he, he is giving you that annoying laugh, that cackle. Uh, he's wearing the most outlandish things. And normally that would make you averse to a character like him. But I think he makes it easy to understand that he loves wrestling and he loves the business. Yeah, which, uh, funnily enough, is basically the crux of this story. Seth is railing on Logan Paul for just being another big name entering Seth's world. So they're kind of channeling that feeling, which I think is also a step in the right direction. Uh, Let's go to Edge here. Edge and Finn Balor uh, probably headed to WrestleMania as well, given the way things are going, because Edge and Beth Phoenix won at Elimination Chamber. But clearly, uh, my last chapter, Patong Sina Edge and Finn. Emil, are you at a point where you wish the story would have ended at the Chamber, or are you okay with Edge and Finn going head to head one last time at Mania? No, I'm good with it. I'm good with the story ending at Mania. Para siguro may full circle moment because the judgment they really started. At WrestleMania last year. Yeah. So a way to bookend this story is that Edge going up against his creation at the same show that he created the Judgment Day. So I'm okay with this going going uh, to WrestleMania. And uh, there were so many off, there were so many breaks with this feud. 
even though the feuds started last year, it doesn't feel as tiring as other storylines may be. Mm-hmm. Caro, is there something to be said here about the Judgment Day going after Edge's family being Edge's karma for even starting it to begin with? I know that Edge and Finn are like the biggest names when it comes to this entire story. But after the match, Nung Chamber, what I really want is Beth versus Rhea. I like that a lot better. I felt like they had more chemistry than Edge versus Finn. Uh, I actually think Edge versus Theory had more chemistry with each other than Edge versus Finn. I'm done with this. Like, what else do you need to do? Uh, Edge already won. Beth already won. If there's anything that needs to be proven, it's uh, Rhea against Beth. Because Rhea's trying to be like the biggest woman in the block, right? The baddest woman in the block who can take on the men as well. And that was Beth originally. Before, yeah. After China, that was Beth. Yun, um, I know that Rhea already has Charlotte, but after this, I would much rather see that matchup. Like, I would much also rather see Edge and Finn doing something else. Like, yes, the long-term storytelling, but this long-term storytelling was actually a bit of cheating. Because um, they extended it because of Edge's slightly part-time schedule, right? So it's not really... It's not really a thing that, okay, he gets to do something else first. Finn gets to do something else first. And then they go back to the feud. It's really because Edge has to take time off every couple of months. And uh, comes back, makes his big comeback, uh, surprise comeback, and then continues the same feud he was on. So I'm not for that. I like Edge. I love Edge. But the... Theory match on this week's Raw was actually eye-opening for me. I said, oh shit, Edge can actually do other things and it, have it be good. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> block Edge on Twitter. I already told him the, the theory match was great. <laughs> Overall rankings for the PLE. Give me a grade, whether it's a star system or yung letter grade. Let's start with Emil. I am going to give it um, a solid A. It's an A. Um, like I said, no pick of the week, no, the PLE is under Triple H ever since he took over are really good. Basically, the takeover formula, which is less, less of matches but more time given to each matches, and each match uh, shined on its own. It is a solid card from beginning to end. And I love it when a pay per view is less than, it was only three hours, Diva. Like mm. three, three, three hours, but it was still a three hour pay per view. Five matches, all great, all solid. So I'm going to give it an A. Igaro, your grade. I would give it an A minus. Um, the first half, well, the, no, I mean, actually, just the, no, just the Brock versus Bobby match, uh, it dragged down the meter just a little, a little bit. All right, let's go to Raw. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, uh, they kicked off with Sami trying to reconnect with KO. And here comes Kevin Owens, who reinforces co- uh, continuity. Sinabi niya na totoo pa rin yung sinabi niya ng November that he still wants nothing to do with Sami Zayn, which is a very relatable feeling, di ba? After you go through such a toxic relationship with someone, whether it's platonic, friendly, or, or romantic, at some point, you're just like, I don't really care anymore. I just want to distance myself from you. So I think that's a universal emotion that KO tapped into it here. So Emil, what did you think of this next chapter of the Sami and KO story? Um, It makes sense, no? Um, after the chamber match, when KO came out, I was actually I was really mad at Kevin Owens for going out late. I, I even joked na para sa yung ano yung mga police sa uh, mga pelikula ni FPJ dante dumadating pagtapos na yung lapan. Pero after a while, and then I read some of the 
comments on Reddit and then online. And it makes sense na KO isn't buddy-buddy with Sami Zayn just yet. Or he will never be the same friend that he was to Sami as before. Because over the past few months, Sami kept messing with Kevin Owens. So... Parang tanga si Kevin Owens kung papatawarin lang niya agad agad si Sami Zayn just because uh, Sami Zayn has changed the alignments. It still doesn't change the fact that KO doesn't want anything to do with Sami anymore, even though he is or he is not with the bloodline. So, and Kevin Owens, I think he's one of the rare ones in wrestling that practices continuity, and uh, you know he he's just amazing at it. And uh, they're telling a really good story here, and I wish you know. I wish we could see more as we near WrestleMania. Yeah, I wouldn't say na KO is one of the few. I think there are more of them. Um, I think mas nagagawa lang nila in the current era of uh, WWE storytelling. But I think across different promotions, there will be more wrestlers who uh, will reference long-term storytelling the way that Kevin Owens does. But I also think na sobrang uh, ganda ng sinabi mo, Emil, na yun nga, uh, ang daming ginawa rin ni Sammy kay KO, which KO says na even if wala kang ginawa, the fact that you just stood there while I was getting beaten up, diba? it's still very hurtful to someone like KO especially since his family was in attendance so Ro what do you think about that na uh, yung reasoning ni Kevin Owens for why he did what he did despite him coming in really late I don't just like the fact that he enforced continuity it's also the fact that they actually translated a very very human emotion to the story like Vince's wrestling Vince's WWE didn't really get to do a lot of that things. So it was always cartoony and over the top. And a lot of times it defied logic about so if this were Vince, I think he would have um, gone the opposite way and uh he would just forgiven Sammy. So he would have just have forgiven Sammy right then and there. Cause say wrestling logic, we gotta team up because you saved me and you turned at the last minute and kind of put a stop to it, sort of, until you got beaten down as well. Um, that would have been Vince's logic. But this one, no, it actually makes sense. And the reason why it's relatable is because it made sense. It made sense to us who may have gone through something like this in our own lives. And it made sense to someone like Kevin Owens, who actually did go through the shit that he did um, at the hands of Sammy or, you know, without Sammy's support. So that's why it's great. I guess I knew deep down that they were going to explain bakit late tagbook na ang kasi Kevin Owens nung Saturday. So, kudos to them for that. I knew they were going to come through. Um, the jokes were fun, yes. Uh, it's fun to meme about it. It's fun to make our jokes about it. But you knew that they would they would come through with the explanation. And uh, the explanation was satisfactory. Um, I guess the end game is still a reunion between the two. I think they're going to work hard for it. I think that's where it's going to go. But this chapter makes sense. And I think that might be the bare minimum. And that's why it's good. Okay, so versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Are you, are you satisfied with that prospect, Emil? At this point, it's yes. Um... We could have wished for Sami Zayn to be inserted into the main event. We tried to manifest it. We prayed for it. But it looks like they're sticking with the original plans. And uh, and as long as they tell a good story for the build-up for this match, I think I'm okay with it. Ikaro. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it as well. Um. I know people don't like 
this week's cinema as much because it's not the result that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to come away with this with the same effort that they've been giving the entire Bloodline story for the past few months. All right. Uh, let's stick with Raw here and talk about the challenge that Omos and MVP have laid out for Brock Lesnar. And corollary to this, it looks like, based on new rumors on the internet, that Bobby Lashley is moving on to Bray Wyatt since Bray did reference that on uh, the SmackDown before the Elimination Chamber. So, Emil, Brock versus Omos, is this something you want to see? I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and say this is a trap. I think this is a trap for the Hurt Business to reunite and beat up Brock. Because let's remember the chamber finish with the match between Brock and Lashley. It ended in a DQ. So, feel ko hindi pa sila tapos ni Bobby Lashley. So, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's just me fantasy booking a Hurt Business reunion. But when I saw this segment, yun yung pumasok sa utak ko. When it comes to the Lashley-Bray Wyatt feud, I don't know how, it, how are they going to pull that off with only how many weeks ba? Like four weeks to wrestle me. It's over a month. It's over a month. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm over like any anyone who feuds with Bray Wyatt isn't coming out, isn't gaining anything from feuding with Bray Wyatt. That's all I'm gonna say. And so masasayang lang si Bobby Lashley if they would put him in a feud against Bray Wyatt at the biggest show of the year. So for me it's a waste. I I, I am I am over Bray Wyatt at this point. Um, I have given him the chance to wow me over, but right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. Like, I, maybe some people would like to have that feud, but for me, I'd rather not see it. Yeah, people in the comments are reacting violently here. Ikaro, as a proponent of the Hurt Business reunion, could this be a setup for that? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that this Omas feud is a way for Brock to regain his heat again because he's been taking L's for the past couple of months uh, at Rumble, at Chamber. So I think that this is an easy W for him. I think I don't think they value Omos that highly. So I'm not sure it's going to be a Hurt Business reunion before WrestleMania. I think, if anything, it will be done after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how about your prospect of uh, Wyatt versus Lashley? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't care. Uh, again, I gave up on Bray Wyatt. Uh, I don't know what this feud is going to be. I don't know what the story is going to be. I don't know what uh, Bray and Tito Howdy's motivations are going to be. So, nor do I care. It's just uh, another Bray Wyatt mumbo jumbo feud. That I hope Lashley comes out of unscathed because hey, we all know how that goes. So just ask LA Knight, right? So, uh, yeah, um, good luck na lang sa nila. God bless. All right, uh, last bit on Raw here Becky Lynch and Lita have challenged damage control for the women's tag team championships. Um, di pa natin alam when this is gonna happen. I'm not even sure if the Dakota Kai injury is a work or if it's uh legit. My, my insight, kabadon ro. Uh, it seems real. Parang they've been working around it, but uh, they're gonna do the tag title match next week. Yeah, so I I have no idea kung anong uh, mangyayari dun. Yeah, I, maybe it's not that serious. Maybe they're working it a little more for an extra week longer, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Ikaw, Emil, do you think uh, damage control might lose it here uh, just to give Becky Lynch and Lita a moment? I guess so. I mean, if uh, the rumors are true that the Koda is injured, I mean, you gotta you gotta give it to someone else, right? Uh, if she is legit injured and she's gonna be out for a long time, then then maybe then maybe the conclusion of this feud after all is a Becky tag team uh, title win, which we did not anticipate when this feud started. So, umay na ako with the damage control having the tag titles. It's time for someone else to hold the titles and actually defend them because I don't know when's the last time they defended the women's tag team championships. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, man. Hindi ko malala, so I, I can't answer the question. People here have been referencing Trish Stratus, like Sileo asking where Trish is because she has been appearing in the rumors. Uh, but based on uh, the information available, I don't think we're getting Trish Stratus anytime soon. I could be wrong. Hindi alam. But one of the other uh, prevalent rumors is that it'll be Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler against Damage Control for the Women's Tag Team Championships. And I think if and when that becomes official, saka na lang natin pag-usapan, right? Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll go to Japan. Uh, some big stuff happening in that part of the wrestling world as well for this week. But first, one more break. We're going to hear from our other podcasts right here on Podcast Network Asia. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, this is the audio-only segment of this week's episode. Uh, this is Ro and Stan had to duck out due to some prior commitments. It's me and Emil A.S.H. And we are here to talk about what couldn't make it on the live stream. Let's start with WWE. Let's start with Raw this week. And on Raw and on social media afterwards, Mustafa Ali debuted a new gimmick. And that is one... Uh, Emil, I want you to describe Mustafa Ali's new gimmick. Um, I immediately thought of this when I saw the social media tweets, actually. It's uh, very on brand with the, uh, uh, I would call it the Donalyn Bartolome gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, when I read the tweets, I remember the Donalyn Yes, it's positive, but it's um may pagka naib siya and um it's very toxic positivity and uh, and it's about time that we have a gimmick like this in wrestling yeah <laughs> na ganon yung implo yung parang uh, toxic positivity gimmick nung yung mostly sa mga bloggers and influencers that we see today i mean we, we do have logan paul but it, it's different <laughs> yeah it's about logan time logan toxic positive though he's not nas daily <laughs> yeah well, yeah, this I think this gimmick is gonna be a gold mine because talk to talk to with with this uh, gimmick by uh, by Mustafa Ali, and that's what I would call it the Donnelly Fatalume gimmick. 
Yeah, if if not, it's also the Nas Daily, <laughs> the Nas <laughs> Daily of wrestling, <laughs> and they're both Middle Eastern, right? So there's that. Uh, yeah, it's really really great. Um, as a Filipino who absolutely hates toxic positivity, is a slam dunk because I I know you know everyone knows someone who is like that and how annoying they could be, and Mustafa Ali completely understands the character. Uh, I've always said he was a genius because he's always had these ideas of what characters to take, and sometimes they don't look good but you know yung pala meron siyang magandang idea behind it so this is pretty cool and I don't know if this has legs beyond the mid card but I want to see him go all the way with this so it's really really fun this is like a modern take on the bully gimmick yeah uh, that's yes yung modern kasi we see it almost every day with these uh, influencers and these vloggers I don't know internationally but locally we do see these uh, people a lot so for, for us, so bang nakarelate kami. That's why tuwang-tuwa kami with this, with this gimmick, almost uh, Ali. I wouldn't call it the Bo Leave gimmick because the Bo Leave gimmick was over the top and cartoony. This one is grounded in, you know, realism because it's literally what other people would say. You know, what Inga, the influencers you mentioned would say, you know, be happy. You should smile more. <laughs> uh, be positive. Right? I actually know some people in wrestling who are like this. So uh, it completely tracks. It completely tracks. So Mustafa Ali is a genius. And I can't wait to see more of this. All right. Moving on. Um, over on NXT Level Up, uh, uh, the former Carl Fredericks of NJPW Strong debuted in WWE. And he took on a new name. And he is now called Eddie Thorpe. And um, I think he faced a lot of backlash over this new name because, you know, the wrestling fandom likes to shit on new names, especially when it's WWE. When um, Impact did that, uh, NJPW does that even uh, with right now with Mercedes Money. Uh, that's a new name as well. Um, I guess they felt like Eddie Thorpe was something out of the uh, performance center or the old NXT name generator, but a little research will show you that this is, you know, a, a tribute to Carl Frederick's Native American heritage. Because uh, I don't think he's confirmed it yet. I, he probably will in an interview soon. But the Thorpe part of the name comes from Jim Thorpe, a popular Native American uh, Olympian from the States um, back in the 60s or 50s. Clearly being the most, uh, being the most, I guess not popular because not everyone knew the connection. But being a significant Native American figure, that's a nice tribute to pay. I I understood that. And because it made sense, I was okay with the name change. The Eddie part, um, I think it's a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. I say he used the original Eddie spelling, E-D-D-Y. So that's how Eddie actually prefers to spell his name. So that could be it. So, you know, I, I appreciated it. And uh, because I'm in the business, I I don't readily uh, put down the concept of a name change. You know, maybe they thought it was boring. Maybe they thought Thorpe was a funny sounding name. But maybe something. Emil, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I'm okay with the name change because Carl Fredericks hasn't reached that popularity. Yes, I think at this fine. point to warrant uh, you he will be known as Carl Fredericks because I think he was. Um, so New Japan, hindi siya umakit sa ano eh. Wasn't he like a young boy throughout his stay there? 
or a trainee of um, the LA Dojo? He was a young lion for the majority of it, but yeah, he so. graduated. He was the first graduate of the dojo, actually. So okay. he was the first uh, dojo guy to get a character to break out of the black tights. Right? So there was that. But it didn't really amount to much because he didn't get to do much over on. He wasn't really brought over to uh, to Japan. Yeah, so yung name change okay lang yun kasi hindi pa naman siya ganun kasikat yes. for the people to remember, oh, this is Kai Frederick. So I'm okay with it. But like most people were, you know, when he spends more time in NXT, they're going to know him as the new name rather than Carl Fredericks because not many have seen him anywhere else before he signed with WWE. Even though New Japan is uh, probably one of the biggest promotions in the world, he didn't really do anything there. So I'm okay with it. Plus, now hearing where the name comes from makes sense naman. And I think, ano eh, yung pag mga name change, yung backlash sa simula lang yan eh. Eventually, masasanay din yung tao na ganito yung pangalan niya. Like with uh, Gunter, people hated it at first. But now, you know, because of his work, People accepted that his name is Gunter. So the backlash, it's okay, but um, I think mawala din siya soon, especially when they start to see uh, editor uh, more on NXT. Yeah, I agree. It's a good point that you brought up. Um, tamanga na you know he is not as mainstream as people think he is. Just because you follow New Japan doesn't mean you know. Not even everyone who follows New Japan knows who Carl Fredericks is because he's a member of the American satellite version of New Japan, right? So, sino ba siya, right? To insist on something like that, you know? People have been making the same jokes about Jay White and how he might get a new name, but I don't think he's going to get a new name. The same way Shinsuke Nakamura didn't get a new name. Carl Anderson didn't get a new name. So... It's safe to assume that this is gonna blow over for. I just, I just really put this here because I, you know, every now and then someone's name gets changed when they get to the WWE, and we have this conversation all over again. So I might as well address it once more because uh, it's getting tiring. The fandom is really. This is like one of the worst parts of the fandom. Like let people change their names. Diba, um, when Kevin Steen changes into Kevin Owens, missing backlash isn't it? It always happens. The name change backlash always happens. But one consistent thing about this backlash is, you know, sa, sa siya. Eventually, even those people who are not going to eventually they will, they will be okay with it. <laughs> That's how wrestling fans are, I think, when it comes to the names. To be fair, some people are still insisting on Volta, but, you know, he has been shown to the worldwide. WWE audience, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we touched upon this on the pre-show earlier. Uh, Ariel Helwani got a lot of flack for doing a lot of WWE press and being part of the WWE uh, machine to hype the Elimination Chamber event in Montreal, especially uh, the Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns main event. So, uh, before I go into my take, uh, did you have a take on this, Emil, that you didn't get to say earlier? Ang, ang weird lang nito for me because it's not like Ariel Har- uh, Ariel uh, her Helwani, Helwani, Helwani yeah. <laughs> took shots to AEW when he appeared on WWE TV. No, to be fair, to be fair, he did take shots at Tony Khan he after did? their interview. Oh yeah, so, online. Uh, yeah. yeah, online. So yeah. I guess Tony Khan still has some <laughs> bitterness over that. Because he, he did say that Tony Khan was a terrible interview. Yeah, oh yeah, like a while back now. But 
on his other appearances, he just did his job. WWE uh, paid him to be there and hype up Elimination Chamber because it was in Montreal. So, wala akong nakitang mali dun eh. But the, uh, it already started with TK with that tweet. Kala ko na hack lang si TK with, with that tweet eh. Of, <laughs> of uh, taking shot at uh, Ariel Helwani. So, yun lang. Yun lang yung ano ko dun. The entire exchange is, is just weird. Because, I mean, very professional naman si Ariel on what he did. He didn't do anything with malice. He didn't took shots on the air. That would have been worse if he did. Pero, hindi, wala, wala. He just did his job. And people, I guess, were just mad that he appeared on, on WWE TV months after calling TK one of his worst interviews ever. So, I guess, dun lang nag yun. So, for me, the whole thing is just... Yeah, I actually have some insight because I work in public relations. So this part of the business, um, the way WWE utilized uh, Ariel Helwani and to some extent, like other uh, journalists like Jimmy Smith before in NXT, this is actually a thing brands do. And they use the credibility of legit journalists, legit media personalities to further their, their brand, to hype their brand. And... I am no longer sure. It probably does violate some ethics, but if you know about it, it's well-accepted practice. Um, yes, Tony Khan may be right to say that there is some bias in it, but this doesn't make Ariel Helwani exclusive to WWE. It's not like he signed an exclusive contract with them. He could after this, but I don't think he will. Tony Khan is free to do the same with him. He's free to um, use him the same way in AEW events if they ever do that. There's no stopping him. There's no non-compete. So it's weird that Tony Khan would throw a tantrum because uh, Ariel Helwani did work for WWE. I, at first, I thought it was, they were messing around because he tagged Tony Schiavone. <laughs> uh, there was that. <laughs> So I thought he was messing around, but I mean, they could still be, they could still have been messing around, but uh, the way it played out, eventually it did seem like Tony Khan was having a serious meltdown. So there's that. Um, It's it's a bad look once again for this uh, pissant CEO of the competing wrestling company. So somebody should really take away Tony Khan's Twitter phone. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Last bit on AEW. So the Black the Blackpool Combat Club, basically Moxley, Claudio, and Yuta without Brian, because Brian's doing his own thing. They are turning, or they seem to be turning heel at this point. So uh, they did plant the seeds with uh, the whole Moxley versus Hangman feud. At the outset, Mox was also was already kind of acting like a dick by pretty much relishing the fact that he was dangerous against uh, Hangman, which led to his injury because of the injury that he sustained during their first match. I did say back then that it was a weird position to take, especially because I thought, or we all thought, or we all knew Mox was still a face at the time. It was a weird position to take to, you know, to actually dismiss it as being part of the job. So now that they are uh, pushing the turn subtly, I think it makes more sense and it makes more sense for them to say something like that. What do you think, Emil? Um, I think it's now more obvious that they're leaning, they're leaning uh, being heels, uh, especially after today's Dynamite. Like uh, last week, Siguro, I would say it's only Mox. But now after what happened with uh, Utah and uh, Orange Cassidy in their match, 
I think the entire group, again, except Brian, is heading towards uh, a heel turn, which, um, you know, they're not going to be, the, I think, the top heel faction in AW after Revolution. The only question is if Brian is going to join them in their heel turn or are we going to see the Blackpool Combat Club kick out Brian after maybe losing to MJF for the championship at uh, at Revolution. So I don't know. Madaming may potential tong hila na to because again we have seen the Combat Club as babyface for, for far too long, and I think they have already feuded with everyone that they could being face. So now it's time to turn that page and maybe work with some of the babyface. And now uh, on the roster, being heels, and it's initially tong gimmick that pang siya because you know their goal is to beat people up. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's a right. huge gimmick. So, <laughs> and the only reason why they're baby faces is because Moxley was too popular to be heel at that time, and they added Claudio, who's also another guy who's popular, and Brian is so over with with the crowd, even though he was still heelish last year. So. Now they're gonna finally fulfill the potential of that gimmick by turning heel or by yeah. you know slowly turning heel. Well, they started out as heel and then now they're they then they became face and now they're turning back heel. So I think the potential was fulfilled, it just got sidetracked a little bit. All right, that's it for our audio only segment for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. All right, let's go to Japan here and let's talk about the new IWGP women's champion, Mercedes Monet is now the champion after defeating Kyrie at Battle in the Valley. And I think this was an obvious pick. Uh, the question really is how far will uh, Mercedes and New Japan go to really legitimize the championship reign, right? So, uh, Emil, uh, what did you think about this match and how it all went down? Um, this was my pick of the week. So, Listen my feelings, to the show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my feelings uh, with this match, it's, I already said it in the pick of the week episode. Again, that, it was a great match. Uh, I like that the New Japan gave them more time. I saw a tweet about it. It was 26 minutes. So that's a long time for a title match. So I'm glad that she's given the opportunity to really wrestle and really showcase herself uh, in her first match back. And perfect opponent to see Kyrie because uh, it's a familiarity thing. So they really complemented each other well throughout the match. It's a big sign uh, that New Japan is entrusting uh, Mercedes with the new IWGP Women's Championship because she's going to be a, an ambassador for it. She, like People know Mercedes from all over the world because of her tenure in WWE. So it's a smart move for them to put the title immediately on, uh, on her, even uh, in her first match. Here's the counterpoint to that, though. Um, based on your response ng uh, fans at the Tokyo Dome for Mercedes when she made her Tokyo Dome debut, parang di nila siya kilala, medyo may pagkahuyu. So, Ro, with, with Mercedes being the champion, um, do you think it's an uphill battle given na hindi nga siya, she probably doesn't have the same traction that she has in Japan compared to what she has in the U.S.? I will say that dapat lang binigay, binigay nila yung championship kay Mercedes Money. Because she sold out that show. She sold out that San Jose show. It was all her. It wasn't Okada. It wasn't Tanahashi. It was all her. There is a point, yes, to be made about money being uh, a big draw in the U.S. but not in Japan. But I think 
those fears may have been quashed by her performance on the show in this match. Compared to when she came out at Wrestle Kingdom, this was night and day. And compared to her work as Sasha Banks, this was night and day. Again, listen to the Picks of the Week episode from earlier this week. If you haven't yet, because Emil and I break that down because this match was so good. And I think naman, that once you put out a good performance and you continue to do so, you will have the loyalty of the Japanese crowd. And there's also something to be said about her Hanakimura tribute because apparently, and I didn't know this, Hana was a big Sasha Banks fan. So there has to be some kind of buy-in there, some credibility there from the Japanese fans. So that's pretty good. I think it could be like a safe bet to have her perform Muna in the US just so they can like prop up the reactions. But eventually, yeah, she will have to uh, face the Japanese crowd. And I think naman, that based on what she gave us versus Kyrie, I think she can do the same over in Japan. It doesn't have to be the same crowd reactions. I don't think that's going to phase her. I think she's going to do just as fine. Uh, a real quick thing. We broke this down again in the Picks of the Week episode, but... Uh, the reason why she was so much better is not because it was versus Kyrie, but because she was given time to actually wrestle. So I compared the way the match was booked in New Japan to the way women's matches are usually booked in WWE. There's a difference in the time given and the resulting style of wrestling that comes out from the time given. So because this was treated like a New Japan main event, like if you have uh, Okada versus Tanahashi match, it's going to go at least 20 minutes. It didn't go that long, but it did feel like that. It was allowed to breathe. It was allowed to sink in all the shots. And Mercedes Money uh, transcended into that next level that they usually expect in Japan. Yeah, I, I appreciated how the Money Maker looks much better. In, uh, in the context of a match As opposed to when she just busted it out On Kyrie no Wrestle Kingdom And um, I don't know if you guys mentioned this uh, As a pick of the week But a major bonus then That Matt Rewald, FKA Aiden English Was on commentary Because yeah, that's yeah. someone Who actually has a connection with uh, Mercedes So ang ganda rin ng extra layers That he added to commentary During that match Leo, we talked about Braun Breaker Last week on the audio only So halatang Di ka na I, right, I, do on, have a question. I do have a question here. Once you know, uh, Mercedes uh, goes to Japan, if you're the booker or like the head creative there, would you put her in the NJPW main shows or would you put her more on the stardom shows so that she could get the hang of wrestling the, uh, the Joshis? That's the question I just like, popped into my head just around now. So, like, would you expose her immediately to the main shows to see if she can indeed draw or have her break in with the stardom wrestlers? Um, as far as I know, this isn't just a stardom thing. Like, um, yes, Kyrie is a stardom wrestler, but uh, as far as this whole setup goes, I think that because the championship is branded as IWGP, I think this is their part in uh, you know establishing a women's presence on NJPW shows, so um, I to answer the question, I think both will happen. Yeah, I think we should then. Yeah, same here. I think the IWGP belts are New Japan Championships talaga, so you can't have her exclusively in one place. And I think the best way to do it is to have her appear on both Stardom and New Japan, since it's under the same company anyway. Yeah. Diba? 
All right. Uh, speaking of New Japan, Jay White has officially left New Japan in the span of a week. He lost to Hikuleo in a loser leaves New Japan match, and then no, he, he also lost in, he lost to Hikuleo in a loser leaves Japan match, and he yeah, lost loser to leaves Eddie Japan. Kingston in a loser leaves NJPW match. Yeah, maybe I just want step nung Eddie Kingston versus Jay White because they at least made the effort of having Jay White tell uh, Eddie Kingston that if you lose, you can't be affiliated with New Japan at all. You can't wrestle with or against someone from New Japan without my permission. So uh, that was a nice little step, even though I think the larger wrestling world kind of foresaw that Jay White was on his way out. So I guess the question here is, where is he going to end up? Emil? Before I answer that, I just want to say this about Jay White's tenure in New Japan. I feel like he didn't reach his utmost potential that a lot of people were expecting from him when he introduced this Switchblade gimmick. Um, like after Kenny, he was pegged as the biggest, like the biggest gaijin heel uh, after Kenny. But I mean, nabitin ako with this main event stint. Eh. He wasn't able to have the big moments that the other gaijins had, like Kenny, Will Osprey. He's in the main event, but he was just there. When Okada is out, when Okada is not like not healthy, they would put the title on him. And once Okada gets back, Okada would always win the title back from Jay White. So, I mean, he he didn't make a splash, but he was just there in New Japan. That's how I felt about his tenure. And Jung staying at Don really feels underwhelming when you compare it to the other Bullet Club leaders who went on who. You know the other Bullet Club leaders during their time in NJPW. Like uh, you would always remember uh, Styles tenure there, Kenny who has uh, David's time in as the leader of Bullet Club. But with Jay, parangari, underwhelming and kind of forgettable for me. So to answer now the question of I, where do I think he will go? Maybe he'll go to WWE. I think. I mean because they are really pursuing him. And his style, I think, fits better in WWE rather than in New Japan or AEW. But I think, yeah, he needs a change of scenery. And I think WWE can can give that to Jay White. Mm-hmm. Igaro, you want to eulogize Jay White's New Japan career? No, fuck Jay White. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, Emil has the right idea, actually. Um, I never thought of it that way because I don't always think of Jay White. But... Obviously, he's not a bad wrestler because he is at the New Japan level. You do have to be good to make it there. But um, he just didn't catch on because he wasn't a guy who could catch on in his current gimmick. Like I thought he had more cash as a, as a young lion than he was in the main roster. <laughs> so this is one of those things that, strangely enough, he could not find that next gear in New Japan. So maybe he could find it in WWE. Maybe that's where he's meant to be. Um, I did listen to a Jay White interview on a podcast. I think it was unrestricted or something. He did say that he started training wrestling because of WWE. So maybe it's one of those things. Oh, it's destined to happen, right? And maybe he would fit in there a lot better. Um, The thing, though, is uh, I think there's no way... but for him to go to WWE, I said, you stipulations palang, loser leaves NJPW. He can't compete in an NJPW match or show, even. And as you all know, NJPW has a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. So, AEW partnership, Impact partnership, 
Ring of Honor partnership, uh, indie partnerships even. So all of that is gone because Jamie White can no longer compete in New Japan. So where else does that leave you? Indie WWE, right? Whether or not he transcends to that next level in WWE you know, remains to be seen. Um, maybe he could find it. Maybe the people there, the experienced veterans there could help him find it. Who knows, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree with Kyle straight main roster again. Um, no way he's going to go through NXT. Mm-hmm. Would the Switchblade gimmick, though, work better or he needs like a new gimmick? Do you, what, does this, what is the Switchblade <laughs> even? Yeah, Can you anyone explain yeah. the Switchblade? I, I think that a lot of New Japan nicknames are really just nicknames. Like, oh, what is a cold they, skull? It's one of those things that, okay, you know, Japan has a thing for cool sounding English words. So um, if you don't agree, go look at that commercial they did for the trading card game. So uh, you can tell uh, they really just like really badass, nice sounding English words. I don't know. What is a switchblade? Like, yeah, uh, knife pervert was a better way to was a better way to explain him. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, some of the nicknames do make sense. Man. Like Tokyo Pimp. Okay, like I, I get what, what uh, Yujiro is, deba, right? Or see Hiromu being the time bomb. I get that, right? But like... Was- <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a Glendale. What is a Stardust genius? I've always wondered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> no, the ticking time bomb, I can agree with it. But like, yeah, Stardust genius, Roughneck, Cold Skull, Switchblade. Right? <laughs> uh, even uh, Master Wato. What is he the master of? It's like the way of the Grandmaster. To what? Of what? Right? <laughs> so I, I get where Ro is coming from here. I thought, question from the comments Who's going to be the new Bullet Club leader? People are saying it's David Finley because he attacked Jay White, and that's basically the <laughs> the tradition of <laughs> political leaders. You attack oh, the old leader, and yeah. you, you take over. <laughs> How far has Bullet Club fallen that David Finley is the next in line? <laughs> I think Bullet Club they, is they, just they, better. Like it should have been Tamatonga. Like you know, it should have been Tamatonga. Yeah, So. There are literally no stars left in Bullet Club. Like Juice Robinson is contracted to AW. So uh, I, I think it's time for Bullet Club to dissolve. Yeah, it, it's time to die. Yeah. Evil, I guess, is gonna be the leader, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. House of Torture, yes. Uh better than a house of torture, Subuniche. Subuni. All right, all right. Before we uh, make too much fun of uh, Bullet Club in New Japan, let's go over to Noah. Where KG Muto uh, lost his last two matches. So it was against Tetsuya Naito in the main event of Last Love. And then after that, Masahiro Chono shows up and they have an impromptu match which lasted less than two minutes. I just got to watch it uh, this afternoon. I had a lot of questions because you know, I, I don't really know KG Muto and his lore. So, Igaro, my insights that you can share on the pod for unlearned people like me oh no not me not me <laughs> i will admit that that is uh that is beyond my scope i mean i i try to learn you know my history but i admittedly i have not caught up to this uh to this lore but you know um he's a genius and that's why he faced the stardust genius i guess that's why they had their torch passing moment like a decade ago and then that's why they're having it now i don't know lang if this has any big visceral impact on Naito's career. I don't think he needed it anyway because Naito's a big star. They're just sidelining him. But it is what it is. You know, um, maybe there's like this big 
uh, significance for Muto, but to me, the unlearned uh, Western fan, uh, this kind of feels like a Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin thing. Oof. Okay, I mean, I was there for Angle Corbin um, and watching Muto versus Naito. I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> it, it did, uh, yeah, this yeah, did yeah, not yeah, feel yeah, like just, Angle Corbin. No, no, it's okay. I'll, you know, I have nothing better to say about it. That's why I said that. All right. Ikaw, Emil, uh, ano ka ba? Are, are you updated with KG Muto lore? Um, ano, uh, I, oh, medyo onte. Because, again, um, na-radig ko na siya when I was still starting to be a wrestling fan. Like, he was, he was one of those guys who, um, from Japan went to WCW and really, um, made their name there for the Western audience. And, uh, you know, I was scrolling sa online and, uh, ako na Chono came out of retirement to challenge yeah. him to a final match. Like, Japanese what the, what? Dijak. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? what? Ako kasi I thought his last match was against Naito. That's what we, what we always have known for, for a month now. And then, yung pala, it's going to be against someone else. So, I guess that was a good moment. And, uh, ito, question. Who's like the American counterpart of Keiji Muto? Like, I'm going to throw that question to maybe the people in the comments as well. Who's like the American like counterpart? Equivalent? If there's any. Yeah, equivalent. If, if there's any of KG. Uh, that would take into consideration his whole career. Because uh, there are two different phases of his career. Maybe three different phases of his career. There was uh, the really awesome Great Muta part. Uh, and then there was the... The heyday in the '90s, and then there was uh, the older Muta part. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Undertaker. Yeah, I think Undertaker is a good uh, comparison to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to answer Kyle's question, uh, yes, Japanese fans were cheering na uh, based on you know what we what we got to watch during that Noah event. I, I mean, you know, 70,000 fans at the Tokyo Dome. Um, and in 2023, given where we're at with the pandemic, yeah. Medyo uh, nag-loosen na rin ata yung restrictions ng Japan when it comes to cheering. So there, uh, those are all our thoughts with the week in wrestling. We still have the audio-only part to go. So go check that out when it drops on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we'll talk about... Uh, toxic Positivity, Mustafa Ali, uh, Carl Fredericks, this is WWE name, Eddie Thorpe, and fleshed out thoughts on Ariel Helwani and some AEW talk as well, mostly revolving around the uh, seeming heel turn of the Blackpool Combat Club minus Daniel Bryan, or uh, Brian Danielson, right? Um, anything that you guys want to plug before we get out of here? Emil, let's start with you. All right, just follow me on TikTok at the ML underscore Meister22. I just post sports opinions there and... Uh, and stuff, and also follow me on Twitter at the email underscore Meister twenty two. I know email, email underscore Meister. All right, Igoro, uh, you have that new article on Fabio yes, Makisi. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, please go check out my new article on Fabio Makisig's diet. It's on multisport.ph. It's one of the first things there. Uh, we talk about how he bulked up this entire time. But it's not just about wrestling, you know. It's not just not just about looking like a wrestler. It's also good advice or some advice for people who might be underweight. That was they want to look bigger. They want to pack on more meat on the bones, you know. Um, he he puts out some really interesting insights. But you know, it all boils down to eating more. And he tells me how he goes about eating more. So go check that out. Uh, also. Um, 
MWF is about to tape very soon. They're gonna we're gonna do it in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be at Fitness Playground PH in Quezon City. It's a really really nice venue. I I am told, and I'm I'm yet to find out. But if you can come, if you're in the North area, you want to see some live wrestling, you want to see me do my thing on the commentary booth, please do uh, check it out. It's on March 5, and you can buy tickets at TicketToMe.net. Or if you support MWF on Gank for only $10 or on 500-something pesos, you get free access to it. And you also get access to the entire library of uh, Action Novella TV episodes. So a lot of good stuff. My work is on there. And, you know, if you want to catch more of that, uh, you know, low-key shilling my stuff as well. ManilaWrestling.com if you want to go sign up for gank. You know what I mean? And follow us on TikTok at to wrestling to expand. All right. Uh, for me, I dropped your first teaser for On Deck with Stan C Season 5. That's uh, going to start next Wednesday, March 1. So watch out for that on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And uh, I just open call to whoever is still listening. Please don't go after Disney+. Plus. Wag naman silang, wag naman kayong maging angry mob to go against Disney+. Plus, right? Sobrang simple request. Like, don't be a dick towards Disney+. Plus. You can ask them for Tagalog commentary if that's your issue. I, I have no control over that. We're trying to work it out on our end. But don't form an angry mob and go after Disney+. Plus. I mean... Right? I mean... Nakukulangan din ako. Like, I admit, nakukulangan din ako sa content ng Disney+. Plus. But I think that it's still a good deal, you know? Um, especially for a lot of casual wrestling fans who maybe only just want to watch the big shows, like pay-per-views, er, PLEs every month. That's enough for them, you know? Um, I know that not everyone is like you and me na gusto ng buong library of the entire history of Raw Smackdown uh, ECW NXT WCW even but you know they're doing their best and I think it's only there's nowhere to go but up from here yeah uh, I think they're trying and eventually there's gonna be more content over there than there is right now yeah I miss miss the network too but you know uh, like I already like the fact that I'm paying for one less stream and it's cheaper than the yeah. than both Netflix and WWE Network so I'm already cool with that it's not the end of the world naman uh, yeah. at least you're going to die you're going to like your tweets don't you I just like everything on Twitter yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, no one will kidnap your family if you like yeah. Disney Plus yeah right mm-hmm. so don't form an angry mob be, be reasonable don't be a dick alright on that note thank you to our producers over at PNA for all of the legwork that they do behind the scenes please make sure to follow the podcast everywhere at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast or if you're on TikTok or Twitter at wrestling 2 Pod. individually it is at Gina Supersized at Monday Night Rowan at EML underscore Meister at Rowis War and at underscore Stan C enjoy your special non-working day tomorrow as we uh, pay tribute to or commemorate rather yung EDSA revolution uh, back in 1986 um Sigero, one last thing to say yeah if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for hard to find content wrestling content not just WWE you know, uh, other promotions as well I actually give this out I am your plug uh if you need this like Emil knows right Stan knows uh the way to do that is to sign up for a Patreon 
Alright, there you have it On behalf of Ro Moran and Emil A.S.H My name is Stan C Reminding everyone to stay safe, stay healthy And again, don't be a dick Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out Peace The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.